Hey. Hello. You know I'm what? I was actually on my live. I didn't know how everybody oh. was over there. So hopefully they're coming over here now. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm Tom from You Know I Got Soul. Good to hey, meet Tom. you. Good to I don't meet think you. We, we haven't ever had a chance to do an in-person interview, I don't think. So good we to uh, no, so I was good just to, saying in my live yeah. how you guys have been supporting me for years. So for years. I remember when you first signed to Atlantic, so it's been it's been quite some time. So it is. And always happy to support you. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first off, let me say thanks for taking some time. I know you were excited about doing this interview. That makes us happy to, you know, yes. support you. Like, that type of stuff makes us happy. So we really appreciate, you know, the love you show us in return. Yes. I mean, you know, um, I was saying just on my live how you guys have been doing interviews with producers that I have, like, grown up loving and just mm. them talking about, like, the development of all of our favorite songs. Yeah been really insightful but also like exciting like thinking about how you used to buy cds and open them up and like read the credits and now we're yeah. talking to these people like so i thought it was dope we just love all things about r&b so we love hearing the producer stories we're gonna keep it going too so yes. cool cool um just so you know once this interview's over we're gonna feature it on the site we're gonna upload it to our youtube so it'll get more exposure even if not to make people join tonight you know it'll get out it'll get heard regardless that's what's up um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, your history. We'll take it from the beginning, you know, up to date. And we'll talk about, you know, the journey you've been through. And you could tell us, I guess, kind of what you've been working on lately. But let's start kind of um, in the beginning, you know, reading your story. I know you were signed before you signed to Atlantic. You were signed to Def Jam. You know, take us back to to how you got signed to that deal. Well, actually, I, I never officially signed to Def Jam. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I was in the process of doing that. They had like um, this... Def Jam talent shirt where um talent show where um, Shakir Stewart had come to Oakland because he's from Oakland and he wanted to find an artist here. Mm -hmm. So I actually didn't believe that it was a real thing because it was something that you had to pay to be in. And I was like, I don't want to do that because why should you have to pay to be blah blah blah. Right. And so I actually went ahead and did it and ended up winning the contest. So and so he um, the winner was supposed to be able to sign to Def Jam. Mm. Then around that time is kind of like when he ended up passing away. Right, right. Um, but it was at that moment where it was like, I'm finally getting a record deal. I'm yeah. on my house. Like, I was so excited. And then that was the moment that was almost everything. But then, mm. like, ended up being, you know, nothing. So gotcha. Back at square one. Wow. So I never fully got signed. To right. And what do you remember about putting out the Electric Rebel Sounds EP back around that time? That's crazy. Actually, <laughs> you went back. That yeah. <laughs> was pretty much like a mixtape idea where I, while I was in college. And wow. um, I just spent my financial aid and um, went and wow, created really? this project. We, me and my friends, they were super supportive. And um, they were in the studio with me every day. And we just wrote these songs. And um, I just started doing shows around the Bay Area. Any show I can get in, clubs, and just kind of like worked that project here in my hometown and that's kind of how i started to develop a name for myself that's just dope. straight like independent right like, move like a rapper type vibe <laughs> yeah i think it's awesome that even though the def jam situation didn't work out as you had hoped mm -hmm. uh, you, you still persevered you didn't give up and you were able to land yourself another record deal which was when you landed at atlantic so talk about the circumstances that led up to you catching their attention and signing over there yeah. Um, well, you know, at the time, which I always say, um, a lot of people weren't getting record deals at that time. And people were telling me, like, you're going to have to move out of the Bay Area to get a record deal. Nobody's coming here to give anybody mm -hmm. any deals. And um, I just 
tried to keep moving and not hear that extra noise and um, just kept doing shows. And a guy named Yancy, Yancy Richardson, he's from Oakland, but mm -hmm. he ended up moving to Atlanta and he worked with Atlantic and Andre Harrell. And um, he had hit me like, and was like, I think I can get you a record deal. If you come do 30 songs in 30 days, um, we can get you a record deal. And I'm like, yeah, right. So I yeah. declined it at first. And then um, after a while, I was like, what do you have to lose? You've done every show here in the Bay Area. You've hit every ceiling. Like, what's the next step? So I went ahead and did it. Um, and in fact, I did 30 songs in 30 days. And then I started to get um, a lot of um, offers from different, like, Epic, Atlantic, wow. um, all of those, like, these things that I dreamed about were starting to happen. Yeah. Um, mm. But it was a long, a long journey up until that time. Yeah. Just even being able to say, I now have a record deal and I'm moving to Atlanta. Um, yeah. And though I learned so much about being an independent artist here, the grind of it, the focus, the motivation, when I right. was in Atlanta is when I learned a lot about the recording process, how to build my vocals, how the style of writing. And it was always right. crazy because when I was younger, I would always say, I want to sign to LaFace. Like I was obsessed with LaFace records. Yeah. So <laughs> in Atlanta and amongst all these people, it was really just like something that I wanted, but I never thought would happen for right. me. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I got to give a shout out to another artist from the Bay Area who made it and got signed. That's our boy, Netter, I mean, no, sorry, Netter Brio, um, Adrian Marcel, yes. who, you know, also from Oakland, I believe. And, um, you know, we support him heavily as well. So I don't know if you ever got, you guys have ever had a chance to link up, but, you know. Well, super well here's, here's a great story. We, we were both signed to um, a production company called L7. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the channel that went through um, Atlantic. And then, so we both got signed yeah. um, or were discovered rather like by the same person, which is Yancey. Oh, and I don't, don't. him calling me um, before he had came to, I don't know if he remembers this, but he was like, it's this guy named Yancey. He wants me to come to Atlanta. And I know you out there with him now. Like, should I do this? And I was like, you should. Like, mm. My life is changing. Go. And the rest is history, like with him as well. So a so, lot of so. people don't know that we, we kind of came through the same channel, but he ended up going to another lane. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So what I remember from being introduced to you, because, you know, we work with Atlantic a lot, and they, whenever they have new artists, you know, they'll send an introduction. And, you know, I remember just hearing your music, and it was refreshing to me. It was like, it, it, it reminded me of the 90s a bit, you know, because, uh, you know, I grew up through the 90s of R&B, so that's what really drew me into it. But it was yeah. still fresh, and it was still progressive. So... Talk about the music you were making while you were with Atlantic, you know, starting out over there. Yeah. Um, when I first went into Atlantic, we had a lot of great music that those were the songs that actually got me signed, right? Mm. And then once we got in there, they started placing me with different producers. And then they got me with, um, Andre ended up leaving and going to Revolt. So then they placed me with an NR named KP you're probably familiar with. Yeah. Which was also crazy because, again, that goes back to the Ushers and the LaFace and this right. dream I always had of being connected to that um, label or just that, it, you know what I mean? So um, he actually took me under his wing and started placing me with producers that he felt like would mesh with my sound. Gotcha. Um, and we ended up getting a lot of great music recorded in that time. Um, 
but before that we did that project will you go with me that mm -hmm. on soundcloud and on youtube and now it's just remakes of 90s songs right right um and which was really dope because i got to redo rain and we were able to add coco on it yep, and i remember that people know that I, I i'm really obsessed with like mid 80s to like mid 90s r&b so mm. for me to be able to redo some of those songs that i grew up on um, was super dope. And then I always have people hitting me now, like, do you have, is there some way that I can get that CD where you go? <laughs> yeah. 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 And so that was unfortunately the only project that I did put out um, through Atlantic. Right. Yeah. I got to ask though, um, Andre Harrell, did you have a chance to work with him? No. And did you learn anything from him in that short time he was there? That's a great question. He, I learned so much from him. Um, mm -hmm. He has so many, great stories and just insight um uh, and even him telling me things that he said that he told mary at one point which everyone mm -hmm. knows and i'm obsessed with mary like um it was just really cool when i would be he would come to some of my sessions and sit through with me and you know make sure i was executing and um he was actually the one who walked me into atlantic and was like if you don't sign this girl like you're crazy yeah you know what i'm saying and so um he was very instrumental in like the beginning. It's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Dope, dope. Yeah. So I know things eventually didn't work out at, at Atlantic and um, you had to move on again from another label situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, was it discouraging to have to, to move on and, and kind of go your own direction or? It was very discouraging. Um, I just be, I've just started feeling better in like the last year. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I failed and I had to come back home and come back to my mom's house and mm. not with all the things I wanted to return with and um, really had to kind of start from um, start from scratch. Um, but what I will say is Empire was really like a special part of that moment for me. Yeah. He um, really assisted in uh, like creating some plays for me to make money um, right. at home and because it was really difficult. Um, and so deciding to put out 580 was just kind of like, you have to do something. You, yeah. you have this yeah. single that people like and you need to come with a project that means something. And I um, was able to get in the studio and finish it at home. And then I just released it here. Um, I always felt like it should have been bigger, you know, but I didn't have enough like promotion or like support. Right, right. But here in the Bay Area, I, people still talk to me about that project and I still feel, feel very connected to it, so. I remember, I remember when that one came out, you know, years ago. I Just Want to Be Loved was our favorite record, you know, from us on the site. I remember we picked that one as one of our favorite songs of the year that year. I forget which year it was, I but, remember, man, that, that, that was an awesome project. I remember that. Um, thank you. And that was produced by Traximillion, who's one of my favorite producers here from home. Um, mm -hmm. One of the producers that I can always go to and be able to get music from and it not be a problem. Right. And, but that song came from a moment of, like, feeling empty inside and feeling like my label doesn't want me um, right. I, nobody wants me am i good like am i yeah. supposed to be doing this like i felt very ugly at that time and i think that's what inspired that song right amazing song yeah. and you're right i mean the music definitely should have been bigger than it was the project unfortunately you know, artists don't always get the attention they deserve. That's that's kind of what we always push for. What we do is really getting those the attention who deserve it. So yeah. I'm glad you, you didn't give up. And, and you, you've released more projects since then. I remember when the 880 project came as well. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that one. Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, what's next? Mm -hmm. What do I do next? And and I the whole, the theme became, 
you know, I, I like to get in my car and drive. And that's where I come with my best ideas. Or when I'm confused, I'll just get on the freeway and go. And I think that was just the time period. I, that was what the mindset I was in at that time. And so 580 is like a smooth, cool freeway where you can just ride, right? But then right. 880 has all these potholes that have been there for years. <laughs> and it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> so that was just kind of like, the, I was using that as a like, this is how I, you know, feel. Like I was trying to use that metaphor as a way to like express who I was in the moment, if that right. makes sense. Um, and so 880 kind of came from that. And at that time, my grandmother had passed and there was a lot of different things going on. And I just felt... Um, very ragged and right. um, that's kind of like was, it was like the second half of 580. Gotcha. Anybody on here you guys know like those freeways like 880 <laughs> is a mess right? <laughs> so that's kind of like what? Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh uh David you late David's late he talking about hi Tom uh -uh, uh, you, late. The... You, are, you are 16 minutes late sir. That's my guy though He's, he, that's my people right there <laughs> Love him. He's another that has been like super supportive over the last years, over the last couple of years. Because when you think about it, like when you are signed to a major label, you do have a lot of overwhelming support. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe when that label, when you're not attached to that anymore, then some of these um, like sites and such kind of disappear. Yeah. But you, um, there's this other site, um, R&B Source, David, like there's been certain people that just stick with me no matter what I do. And just as an independent artist, that means so much. Yeah. So, well, thank you for that, for sure. I'll tell you what, um, there's been a lot of, <laughs> there's been a lot of artists on labels where we kind of do a favor for the label and post the music for the artist, even though it's, we don't think it's great. You mm -hmm. were never one of those. And to the point where once you left the label, we knew we had to still support you just because you create such good music. So I appreciate that. Truly. Absolutely. And then, and then speaking of which, we love the EP you put out. I think it was last year, EP by Netta. You know, yes. you had the acoustic version on there of I Just Want to Be Loved and mm -hmm. another dope EP, man. Talk about that, putting that one out. Yeah, that that um, really came from a, a moment of like, I haven't put out any music in a long time. Right. Um, so let me try to just put something together to give to mm -hmm. the people because people have been asking me for a while. And mm -hmm. I would record, I would perform I Just Want to Be Loved live all the time. I'd have my guitars. And yeah. people would love it so much that I, I felt like I needed to do a live recording of it and just add it on. Because if you notice, I, sometimes I'll recycle songs and I'll add to it. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so that was just, again, kind of like, because I come up in the era of like, you know, remixes. We invented the remix. Well, here's this version and that version. So I've, I've kind of stuck to that still. Right. Um, so I wanted to give another version of that. And also, you know, I'm a true lover of... Um, R&B, R&B soul. I mean, anything that I could feel somebody, I could feel their tone. I could, you know what I mean? Like, so I, mm -hmm. I felt like I just wanted, I just want to be loved was definitely a song that I could give more on. So I was like, let me try acoustic. Right. Awesome. Great work there. And I like that you put out the, the video for Bay to LA recently. And uh, even though you had released that song years ago, I thought it was cool yeah. that you still give that one new life. Thank you. Um, I've been, you know, when I do shows or I check um, my analytics and stuff, I always try to pay attention to what people are still listening to. And right. that's a song that people are still listening to. And then when mm. I do shows, I don't perform that song. And people will be like, you, you didn't do my song. Hell yeah. You, hell yeah. Like, you didn't do that song. And so <laughs> I just always think about that. And I was like, ah. I always feel like that song is one of the underdog songs of my catalog. 
and I've heard a lot of songs um, out in the last couple of years that sound very familiar to it. Yeah. And so I was like, this song deserve, deserves more. Um, and so I just decided to go for it. Mm. I actually just saw a comment in here earlier that said, um, you're better than a lot of the artists at, the, at labels. I mean, how do you take that, knowing that you're creating such good music and then there's artists maybe, at, not to call anyone out or anything like that, but like at labels who are maybe not making as good of music? How does that affect you? Um, it affects me deeply because sometimes I have a hard time believing that. It's like I know that within myself. I know I put in the work and I know I work each day to try to be better. But then um, when I feel like I'm invisible, I, mm. sometimes this, this self-doubt starts to kick in. Right. Um, and sometimes, I mean, I don't know, just self-doubt starts to kick in sometimes. Right. But keep trying to just do the music that I think feels right to me. And right. hopefully something will, will come of it or someone will notice and I'll, that'll create an opportunity for me. Right. Um, Makes sense. I know that is tough. I mean, we hear, we don't hear much R&B coming from labels these days. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there there are pockets of it. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get into any negativity here, but you well, know. Let, let me be honest with you real yeah. quick. Let me say this. Let me tell you what I'm loving about this moment. Sure. So, the fact that you're doing these lives with a lot of these producers who've created these masterpieces. I heard Brian Michael Cox on here talking about the the creation of 8701. Yeah. That, <laughs> for me to be able to sit down and hear that for free, that means so much to me. Or, you know, we're doing these, they're doing these lives and we're getting back to the core of like the writers, the producers, like right. the realness of it. So I'm I'm loving what's happening with um, music right now because we um, are now being forced to pay attention or I don't know what it is, but it's like we're getting back to like substance right now. Right. In the last couple of weeks. And I, for somebody like me who's trying to stay true to what feels right for me, it's it's just dope. Yeah. I, when you were yeah. on here, uh, no, it wasn't you. When, whoever, my my whoever, partner. He was my talking partner. To I was like... Yeah. Now what? Now, now what happened when y'all recorded what on 87? Yeah. That, that just means so much to me. Yeah. I mean, you can see we're just fans of R&B. We're not here to make money. And, you know, we just do this because we love it. So yeah. I'm glad it shows. Yes. You know, we, we love hearing those stories just as much as you guys. So, I mean. Yes. <laughs> so um, bring us up to date, though. What can we expect next? You had the EP out last year. Um, what do you got coming next or planned next? So, um, well, I had a goal of trying to shoot a video like every month or every two months. That's mm -hmm. obviously not happening right now, but I'm going to go back and redo. Um, I had a record on the Netta EP called I Don't Mind that people mm -hmm. love still. Um, so I want to do a video for that with my director, Lyric. Um, hopefully when we're back to normal, we can get it done. But that was like something on my vision board was to start giving people more content because that's the one thing I always hear is we don't see you enough you don't do videos anymore um you know people want to get to know you like we don't know you like you yeah. know I always be like I don't understand I'm trying you know but I understand that people do need to see and I think right. that's kind of why that's what inspired me going back and doing Bay to LA because I felt like for one it deserved a visual but also I felt like I could give I could shoot a video um that would be able to say like, this is the kind of music I love, or these are the yeah. visuals that I love. You know what I'm saying? So right. I want more of that. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, you know, definitely got to be out there and 
seems like your fans are asking for it. I'm reading these comments, virtual video. They'll take it. <laughs> no, I got so, you. I'm working on something right now, actually. I yeah, that's dope. I just got one more question for you. So you had the Def Jam situation, which wasn't really, a t you know, a totally situation. You had the Atlantic signing, which didn't work out, unfortunately. If another major label came to you and acknowledged all the great work you've been doing and tried to sign you, would you consider it? Or, or are you at the point where you're just kind of done with labels and know all you need to know and can move forward on your own? There's this 16-year-old girl in me that I, I, I'm going to always want a record deal. Right. Like, yeah, gonna, of course. I'm going to always want to go and be at a label and get that machine yeah. and get that solid push to get my stuff truly out there because I do feel like I do feel like I'm a superstar. I yeah. do feel like that's who I've been since I was about four years old. And mm -hmm. I do feel like I deserve every piece of what that means. Right. Um, so if, if the situation is right, um, I would love to go back to a label. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I mean, Some people are like, what? But I'm like, that. it's just something. It's the little girl in me that has always wanted that. I'm right. always with that, you know? And I'm always going to work toward that. And if it doesn't work... I am now at a place in my life where I'm like, it's cool. It's okay. Yeah. But I, I do still want that. You can't be that machine. I mean, you just, I talk to a lot of artists and a lot of them are comfortable being independent, but you really can't top having that machine behind you and turning you into a star. You know, it's really hard to do it on your own. So I, I totally I, get it. I've wanted that since I was yeah. five and a half, four. I mean, right. I, 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 it's just, it's always going to be that way for me. 100%. I have a question for you, though. All right. Top five. It's like, frozen. It's frozen. From, can you hear me? Okay, now I can. I said you're going to put me on the spot and ask me that? That's crazy. I actually, I actually hate when people do this to me, so I get to do it to somebody right now. So I'm <laughs> Are we talking all time or... See, that's, these are the questions that I have. I, yeah, uh, yeah, all time. Or give can me I your, just, top, your top three. Can I tell you my personal favorites from my generation of what I grew up on? Absolutely. I was a huge fan of the Neptunes. I, I you know, they did a lot of hip hop too, but them and Timbaland, you know, were like my favorite producers of all time. And no matter what they touched, I was in love with. Okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> producers, I got to go with, you know, Brian Michael Cox, because, you know, he did that J.E. Heartbreak album for Jagged Edge, and that was one of my favorites of all time, you know, with Jermaine Dupri. That's a good one. And, um, but if we're shouting out songwriters, though, I got to shout out Static Major, rest in peace. You know, he was one of the most epic songwriters of all time, and another one who doesn't get the attention he deserves, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Genuine, Aaliyah, you know, so many artists he wrote for, but. On the spot, like, you know, on top of my head, that's what... That's I what know, I people ask me that. I got another one for you. Boom. Confessions or 8701? Oh, we love to have this discussion. We, I'm ready for this one. Let's go. It's definitely going to be 8701. I know I liked you. I know I liked you. Definitely, without a doubt. Anyone could try to argue in these comments, but... What do you not, guys think? Confessions or 8701? My my reason. You wrong if you say confessions. <clears throat> I'll tell. I'll give my reason. But confessions, I just felt like was too long. Like it had a few skippable tracks that I felt like if they removed those, uh -huh. you know, eighty seven oh one front to back, I felt like there was no skips. Confessions, I felt like had a few, and that's my reasoning. So 
Well, what's your? You might give your. Everyone's saying eighty-seven oh one. I love it. Peer pressure. I, love it. I see a few. Conf I see one confession. Dave, you're right though. But see, and I feel like eighty-seven oh one. Like confessions doesn't exist without eighty-seven oh one. Like there's no thriller without off the wall. Like that's that. That's how I I look at it. Like it was it was eighty-seven oh one that was like oh he oh he about to be a beast. Like right. you got it bad was like wait turn that on what is that. Like you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it was a, it was you can have good songs, but then you can have a moment. And that was it was just a moment, like I don't know. It is I'm obsessed. That it's my favorite. Right. I got a question like, for you now. Since we're, since we're putting people on the spot, I'm gonna give you one now. Okay. Who who is the greatest artist of all time from the uh, Bay Area? From the Bay oh, Area. <laughs> no. Your hometown. From your hometown. MC Hammer. Really? Oh, wow. Um, I know <laughs> I can do it right now, and then at 3 in the morning, I'll be like, I can't believe I said that. Why didn't I say? But let me tell you why that just popped up in my head right now. Hear me out. Because performance. Like, he was just like a performer. And um, to me, I don't see enough, like, performance nowadays. If I could be honest with you real quick. Like, yeah. Um, I love performers. I love a person with a great show, high energy. Like, I want to be able to feel you when you're giving me something live. And I feel like I learned a lot of that, like, watching him. I still watch, like, his live shows. Him, Bobby Brown. Right. Like, I, I still watch certain artists because I felt like they give you full performance and not just great at one thing. You know what right. I mean? Right. But off, yeah, off my head, I have to say. Well, the two. It's MC Hammer. The two I had in mind, I, th I thought in Vogue is from the Bay Area, right? Yes. Um, I thought of them and I thought of um, Tony, Tony, Tony. I thought they're from, I'm not, I could be wrong though on where they're no, from. No, but. no, you're 100% okay. right. They're up there too, by the okay. way. Okay. <laughs> um, gotcha. I think just as an artist who um, appreciates performance and um, I study those kinds of artists, like he, I, I still study him. Like I still study, Bobby Brown, Janet Jackson, you know, NC Hammer, shit, Usher. Like, it's just certain artists that understand, like, I'm a performing artist. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a great record, but then you're going to feel that great record, like, when I'm on stage. Right. I don't see a lot of that nowadays, if I can be honest. Yeah. No, and you're right about that. Um, totally right. So, I saw two, two. Wait, hold on. I saw David two. So, wait a minute, David. You said you skipped. <laughs> You skipped Superstar on Confessions? Am I reading that right? And someone else said they skipped Simple Things. I don't believe that. Oh, simple no. Things? Come on. <laughs> Somebody just said Teddy Riley or Babyface. Yo, that's you. You got to answer that. It's Babyface. It's ba the reason I say that is because, I mean, he can really go either way, but just all the work he did, not only for R&B, but for the pop side as well. Like, we were just talking about this. He did, you know, like records for like people like Madonna, and people like that beyond, it's, it goes way beyond just R&B with him. So that's why I pick. And you. there's so many songs. Just so many. I'm with you. I, I, I love, I, I'm obsessed with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. This is my number one. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. Boom. Then we go Babyface. Boom. Then we go Teddy Riley. Right. But I, 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 am, I am for Babyface in the battle because I'm Amazing. just, like, I'm obsessed. People are, I think people are agreeing with us, so we'll take it. 
It's all about grabbing the attention of the audience. Very, very true. One of your fans earlier, before I forget, they, they asked you to shoot the video for Wifey at Home or at least push the single. I, I wanted to make sure I, you saw that, you know. I know, I didn't see that. Um, I want to. Um, I was just saying in an interview the other day how um, the lyrics are so specific and it tells such a specific story. I want it to be right. Right. Um, it will get done. I just don't know when, especially since we're like at home. But um, that's a special one. And I want to make sure that I deliver it right. Don't, don't. Um, remember the Nas and Usher tour was nice. I don't remember that one. Did I go to that? I don't know if I went to that. Um, I had another question for you. you just went away. <laughs> I didn't know this is like one of the first times I've ever been put on the spot in an interview. I've done like 500, 600 interviews in my life. And really? I've never... <laughs> I got you. Um, what do you got? Throw some at me. I'll, you know, I left the bar so. Okay, so so you say, how do you feel about JD? If, if Jagged Edge is up there for you, JD, how how do you feel about him as a producer? No, he's one of the greatest of all time as well because of his work with not just like Jagged Edge, but Mariah, Usher, obviously, and beyond. And that's not including what he's done in hip hop. I mean, that's a true legend right there. One of the best producers of his generation. I don't mm -hmm. think he gets the credit he deserves. I mean, I so I agree. He, he his work is amazing. You know. What I about guess. okay? Can, can you decide between Control Janet Jackson or Rhythm Nation Janet Jackson? Hey, or no. do, are, do you do you know it enough to be able to choose? I don't know it enough to choose. Okay. You you have an opinion on that? That's a man. I, I haven't listened to those in a while, to be honest. with anything she does, so. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen that Teddy Riley had, no, I just made that up completely. I've seen that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had liked the flyer on your page. Yeah. I lost it. I lost they it. <laughs> I am obsessed with Alexander O'Neill, Sherelle, the Human League. Like, those are, that's my number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. I see this velvet velvet rope. That's an amazing genre. I like that one a lot. Velvet rope is big. Let me tell you, so I didn't understand velvet rope when I was younger, but I would come home every day and watch. It came on HBO, and so we recorded it. So I would watch it every day after school and like learn it and research it, dissect it. But I didn't yeah. really understand the lyrics until I got older and I started to listen to it, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got I got one more question for you. Okay. And then I gotta take off, but okay. this is gonna be and the we last one. Michael Jordan. This is gonna be yeah. This is gonna be the one to end things right here. Okay. Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson. <laughs> you can't oh, do that. I know. I did though. I'm going with I'm going with Stevie. But it's I feel like I feel bad even saying that. But I'm going no, with yes, no. I can't. No, I know. You really can't. It's not fair. I guess I got to say Mike. Oh, that's so stupid. I don't know. I can't. Don't make me do this. You can't live without either of them. So You cannot live without either of them. No, I know it is. Someone said apples and oranges. It definitely <laughs> is. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, though, because making you pick. Good question, but it's a hard one. It yeah. might be a math problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Netta. I thank you so much for your time. This has been fun. I appreciate the questions on the spot. That was that I was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, 
you, we always got your back. I always look forward to supporting you. So just let us know what we can do, you know, and, and we got you. I truly appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. no problem. Thank we'll talk soon. Thank you guys for showing up. Appreciate you guys. All right, now take care. Bye. Bye.